Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. In 1924, Witness Lee was dynamically saved by the Lord as a young man in his native China, and he promptly consecrated the rest of his life to the gospel. He co-labored with Watchman Nee for parts of the next three decades, and in 1962, Witness Lee was led by the Lord to come to the United States. During his 35 years of service to the Lord in America, he ministered in weekly meetings and weekend conferences, delivering thousands of spoken messages. Much of his speaking has since been published as more than 400 titles, many of which have been translated into numerous foreign languages. He gave his last public conference in February 1997 at the age of 91. We're happy today to be able to bring you recorded excerpts from his speaking and encourage you to contact us if you have any further questions or comments. Please send email to radio at lsm.org. Now, let's join today's program. On one hand, Christ and the Church of God are uniquely New Testament. The terms and historical placement of Christ and His Church fall beyond the scope of the Old Testament Scriptures. Yet as surely as God is in Christ, Christ and the Church are clearly seen in passage after passage of the Old Testament as well. If not directly, then how do we see him, and how do we know the church? We have delighted in bringing you the Christ found in the writings of Isaiah, and we look forward to bringing you another revelation from Isaiah today and that of his church, his house, on this Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program furnished by Living Stream Ministry and featuring the recorded portions of Witness Lee's 1991 Life Study of Isaiah. Ron Kangas is back with us again as we focus on more of the rich types of Christ in Isaiah. Ron, welcome back. It's always good to be here focusing on the things that matter to God, that bring pleasure to the heart of God concerning his Son and the body of Christ as the corporate expression of himself in Christ. Today, Ron, we're going to touch briefly on 10 chapters in Isaiah, and that's chapters 41 through 50. We're going to see distinct types of Christ, this time as the servant of Jehovah in these passages. We're going to see a Gentile king. We're going to see the nation of Israel. We're going to see even Isaiah, the prophet himself, all are types of Christ. What's the value of these types, these various types that we see, not just in Isaiah, but in the entire Old Testament? The value largely consists in the fact that these types are pictures which help us to comprehend and understand with spiritual understanding the mysterious divine things. Christ is a mystery. The experience of Christ is a mystery. God's economy is a mystery. The triune God is a mystery. The cross of Christ in all of its implications is a mystery. Even the church as the corporate expression of God in Christ is a mystery. We thank the Lord that we have a clear, precise revelation of all of these mysteries in the New Testament. But we also thank the Lord that we have pictures 
in the Old Testament, the types. When we put the pictures together with the New Testament propositional revelation, we have a tremendous help in seeing the divine things. If we had only the pictures, we wouldn't know what they mean. If we had only the propositions, the truths, the definitions, we would have a hard time really grasping them in a concrete way. So God's way is to give us a picture book with captions. The Bible is a book of pictures, largely in the Old Testament, and captions, largely in the New Testament. If we are willing to humble ourselves before the Father, to be as children to enter into the kingdom of God, we will recognize that in a very uplifted and noble sense, we need a children's picture book with captions. We should be poor in spirit and pure in heart, utterly dependent on the Father for everything. If we are like this, when we come to the Word, we can see the pictures, we can read the captions, and in this combination, with the proper interpretation, we get a marvelous view of God's economy concerning Christ and the church. Ron, let's join Witness Lee as we uh, look at the pictures and also get into the captions. In these 10 chapters, chapter 41 to chapter 50, there are four servants of God. You will see Christ as the servant of Jehovah is typified by three persons. Firstly, by a gentle king. Secondly, by God's selected corporate people, Israel. Then thirdly, by a typical bonafide top prophet of Jehovah. One gentle king, Israel, as God to them people, plus Isaiah the prophet. All the three are God's servants, only in the sense of a type, because Christ is too big, too great. Just by himself, you cannot know him so well. You need such a type, another type, another type. We all know in the Old Testament, full of types, just typifying one person. Now, what is the church? Both of the Testament talk about the church. Paul says the church in the Old Testament was hidden. Yes, it was hidden in appearance, but in type, the church was not hidden. Okay, in the Old Testament, do you have all this or not? Let's check. Yeah, yeah. Do you have all this or not? The kingdom of God. Sure you have. The kingdom of God in all that you have. You have uh, the house of God. You have the household of God. You have the children of God. Then you have uh, the members. You have the body, the counterpart. You also have the Jerusalem, not New Jerusalem yet, but anyhow, Jerusalem. You also have the Holy City. Don't you have all these things? Tell me. Yes. Who are these? <laughs> the church. Yet, 
You see, Paul says the church is, is hidden as a mystery, but not hidden in types. Okay, all these for servants of God. What did they do? They built up a city. That is the kingdom of God. The city is a symbol of the kingdom. And they build up a temple. And the temple is a symbol of God's house, with God's people as God's household. Ron, these four types that we are seeing in these 10 chapters are all involved with another type, and that is the church. Ultimately, all that these four did was for the building up of the church. But Ron, this is the Old Testament. There's no direct mention of the church in the Old Testament. So how do we see this type in an Old Testament book such as Isaiah? We see it with the help of the pictures and the captions. And we're governed by a principle that is um, presented in 1 Corinthians 10 in Paul's epistle to the church at Corinth. Remember, he's addressing the church, and he refers to the history of Israel in various stages, and he said, these are types of us. So Israel is a type of the church. So this gives us a clue, doesn't it, that in the Old Testament there are not only types, pictures of Christ, but also types, pictures of the church. In this portion of Isaiah, we have reference to the house of God, the temple, and to the city of God, uh, Jerusalem. Cyrus was very pleasing to God because he released God's people, and he even, on behalf of God, whether he knew it or not, commissioned them to rebuild the house of God. So in very simple terms, we may say that the house of God, the temple, is a clear, definite picture of the church as the house of the living God today then the city, which in spiritual reality and experience is the enlargement of the house. The city signifies the church in its aspect of the kingdom of God. The house is for dwelling. The city is for administration. So God is very concerned for the house. Remember how the Lord Jesus responded in the temple according to the Gospels. He said, you have made my father's house a place of merchandise. It was written concerning him, zeal for your house has consumed me. So God in Christ is very burdened for the church, the house and kingdom of God as the corporate expression of God in Christ. If we know the Lord, if we experience and enjoy the Lord, if we know the Word and experience and enjoy the life supply in the Word, we will pay attention not only to Christ, the head, but also to the church, the body. Remember, according to Ephesians 5, Christ and the church together are the great mystery. So here we rightfully pay attention 
to Christ as the servant of Jehovah, typified by Cyrus, by Israel, and by Isaiah. And these three in type and Christ in reality, in their ministry, have a very focused concern for the house of God and the city of God, both of which signify the church of God. Ron, I appreciate that we have 1 Corinthians 10 not as a license to do so loosely, but certainly as a pattern that we can find and do find the church so clearly presented in the Old Testament passages. Let's rejoin Witness Lee with more of our life study. Isaiah tells us, Sarah is the one whom God chose, and whom God raised up, and whom God called, and whom God anointed. And he was loved by God, and he does the work to please God. He does God's good pleasure. And what now is God's good pleasure? Israel. And Israel was not only his people. Israel was God's counterpart. Is God human? If he's not human, how could he be involved in the Romans? God loves Israel. God loves his kingdom, signified by the city. God loves his house, signified by the temple. What Cyrus did, Cyrus did exactly the three things. Cyrus released the captive of Israel to go back to your father's land. That is first desire. Then go back to build up the temple of your your God. Then the third is there, not only to build up the temple, but also to build up the city. So this is why God so loved Cyrus, because Cyrus did the things in God's heart. What are we doing today? We go out to get sinners. Don't you know that is to release God's chosen people? They all got captured by Satan. Isaiah, in his book 14, he combined the king of Babylon with Satan. So all the sinners were Satan's captives. And today, just for one sinner to be saved, thousand angels in the heavens will sing. So our gospel preaching is to release the captives. Then we build up God's house with the released sinners. That's the church. We also set up, establish the kingdom of God. All the sinners saved through our preaching will be members for the house of God and they will consummate in the coming New Jerusalem. Dear saints, don't you realize every day, every day, every week we are doing God's heart Good pleasure. Do you realize that each one of you are a Cyrus today? Ron, I'd like to come back and talk about Cyrus, this Gentile king as a type of Christ. You mentioned a point in your first uh, answer, and then, of course, we've heard Witness Lee now uh, develop this some. What is it about Cyrus that makes him such a meaningful type of Christ? Cyrus was used by God, in a sense anointed by God, to do three particular things. To release God's captured elect people. 
The children of Israel had been taken to Babylon. They were there in captivity. God used Cyrus to release them that they might return to their own land. Second, God used Cyrus in relation to the building of God's house, the temple. We see this clearly in a passage such as chapter 1 of the book of Ezra. There is a virtual commission from Cyrus representing God in this matter to rebuild the house of God. And then the third thing related to Cyrus was that God used him to establish God's kingdom on earth. That's seen in the matter of the city of Jerusalem. So any person who would have such an earnest concern for the release of the captive people of God, for the rebuilding of the house of God, and the establishing of the kingdom of God, that person, and Cyrus was one, is surely a type because Christ in his ministry, in his death and resurrection, and in his present heavenly ministry as the high priest according to the order of Melchizedek revealed in Hebrews, Christ was, is, and will be very concerned for the release of God's elect people, for the building up of the church, and for the kingdom. God has a heart's desire. If we would be a, quote, Cyrus today, we need to know and care for God's pleasure, the desire of his heart. God wants his chosen people released from captivity through a prevailing preaching of the gospel. God wants the church built up as a dwelling place for God and his people. And God wants the church to be strengthened and enlarged to be the kingdom. So if we care for God's good pleasure, and if we act out this care, this burden, we will be a Cyrus in God's economy today. Well, this really leads us very well into this final section, Ron. Let's rejoin Witness Lee. Cyrus was working for Israel. Cyrus did everything for them, and they went back to their forefathers' land. That was Sarah's service. And today, on the one hand, we are Cyrus. On the other hand, we are Israel. Then, Isaiah served Israel. He served the building up of the city. He served the building up of the temple. He served the same thing. His prophecy helped the release of Israel. His prophecy helped the building of the temple, the rebuilding of the city. So, by this could see Cyrus, the gentle king, Israel, God's chosen people, and Isaiah, the prophet set up by God. All the three servants did the same thing to preach God. Then Jesus came. What he did? He did the same thing, exactly the same thing. Christ was anointed by God, so he comes out to release the captives. And the Lord Jesus did build up the temple of God, that's the church. And he did set up the kingdom. By this you all can see Cyrus, Israel, Isaiah, Jesus Christ, they are all our servants of God doing the same thing. 
And the first three, Sarah, Israel, Isaiah, all wrapped up with the last one. In all the three, you can see Christ. In Sarah, you can see Christ. In Israel, you can see Christ. In Isaiah, you can see Christ. Of course, in Christ, you can see Jesus. All are one. We all are God's servants. Doing one thing in the universe. To release his people, to build up his temple, the house, to build up his kingdom, the city, and the church. It's quite strange. All the servants of the Lord do have the same kind of feeling. On the one hand, in the morning, I was happy. Praise the Lord, I had the best choice. I'm carrying out the top job, much higher, better, excellent than bushes. I have had the best job with the best destiny. Ron, four types of Christ as the servant of Jehovah. Cyrus, the Gentile king, Israel, Isaiah himself, and now even Christ. All show us a particular aspect of the servant of Jehovah. But in reality, all four are doing the same thing. And as we just heard, we too are invited to participate in this one primary activity in the universe. I think we've already touched it in the program, Ron, but say again, what is this one thing? Let's approach it from the angle of the Lord's word in Matthew 16. I will build my church. This is what the Lord prophesied. It's the greatest prophecy in the Bible. This is the work of this age, to be one with him in the divine economy, to build up the church. For this, we preach the gospel aggressively to save sinners, to bring them into the grace of God. For this, we teach the truth concerning the church life and practice the church life in a practical way. For this, we are burdened for the strengthening of the church as to be the kingdom and to live the reality of the kingdom life. This is to care for the focal point of God's economy, to preach Christ, to enjoy Christ, to experience Christ, to live Christ, for the building up of the body of Christ, so that the kingdoms of this world may become the kingdoms of the Lord and of his Christ. This is the great work, this is the great enterprise which we are involved in today through the mercy and grace of God. Well, Brother Ron, this has been a most satisfying program, I think, both to the Lord and I know to me, I hope to our listeners. Call our toll-free number 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Or send an email to us to radio at lsm.org. Or a card or letter, our mailing address, Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. For Ron Kingus today, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. If you'd like to read the works of Witness Lee and Watchman Nee, just visit our website, ministrybooks.org. 
From there, you'll find over 600 complete titles available to read online free of charge. Witness Lee's ministry stood squarely on the shoulders of his mentor and co-worker, Watchman Nee, as well as those of countless ministers of the New Testament throughout the ages. The riches contained in his life study of the Bible represent the top, the cream of his 70-plus years of ministry and range in topic from lessons for new believers to commentary and exposition on passages from every book of the Bible. But they all contain practical and deeper truths about the Christian life. Again, this wonderful online resource is available to you free of charge at ministrybooks.org. If you have questions or comments about this ministry or the program you heard today, email us radio at lsm.org or call us toll free, 888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 1-888-543-3788. Thanks for listening today. Was Jesus simply a great religious leader? The next day he saw Jesus coming to him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John chapter 1, verse 29. Based on the scriptures, the religious people were looking for a great leader, but Jesus was introduced to them as a little lamb with a little dove. The lamb is for redemption, to redeem fallen man back to God, and the dove is for life-giving, for anointing, to anoint man with what God is, to bring God into man and man into God. Both the lamb and the dove are needed for man to participate in God. Scripture, John 1.29, and commentary from the New Testament Recovery Version published by Living Stream Ministry. For more information, visit lsm.org.